Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Brewroots, where we tell the stories behind your favorite beer. This is Sound Guy Ryan, and joining me as always is Erica and Matt. What's up, everyone out there in Brewroots land? What's up? Hello. It sounds like we are in like a church or a cathedral right now. Yes, we are. I would say a cathedral of beer. Yeah, yeah we're not church in the studio. We're not in the studio, small bond studio, but no. we are at one of our favorite breweries. Notch. Yeah. Um, and no, we are not at their new Brighton location, which I got to check out last week. You two were busy. Ryan, obviously you were busy for a very good reason. Erica was playing soccer. Yeah. Soccer. It's whatever. Soccer. How uh, dare you? <laughs> I mean, Italy did just win the Euro, so you're on the team yeah, next year, exactly. right? That's what you're. That's the plan. That's that why plan, I had to play. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to Notch. That location is beautiful. Um, it was really, really fun. It's at the speed the Charles River Speedway in Brighton, Massachusetts. Um, I had a lot of fun. You can actually see the video that I shot at on TikTok on at Brew Roots, um, and uh, I had the. Hefeweizen, I had the Firewalk with me, which is a Rausch beer, which Ooh, is my favorite, mm-hmm. I have to say. And um, yeah, I had great company. Chris Beerfridge came with me because, you know, Ryan and Erica didn't want us. So I said, well, Chris, come with me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Great and it was story. a lot of fun. We ate so many dumplings after. Uh, that's true. I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> but we got a kick-ass episode this week we with do. Uh, Dan and Pete from Stoneface Brewing. That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited about that one. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go up to Stoneface before they even really had a tap room. It was just a tasting room. And I hadn't been back since. I had only had their beer in market, you know, whether I was getting it at, like, you know, the city, Ryan's mm-hmm. favorite, or um, various other liquor stores. So, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, their place was great. They have really good beer. Um, they have food now. They're yep. like kind of continuing that, and it's awesome. Yeah, cool location. The murals on the wall are great, and the beer's great. Uh, what did you guys drink this week? You already heard what I've been drinking. Notch. Uh, <laughs> my beer fridge. Yeah, we have a lot. We've been. We have we, so. We much have a beer. lot of beer. Erica um, like gave a, us a mandate. She's like, "I'm gonna throw away the beer," which she wasn't <laughs> gonna do, but. But or you have to take it. Very yeah. tempted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like much. I haven't been drinking as much. Um, so it's like really sad that I have all this beer that I'm like trying not to drink. But you're drinking. Um, um, barely. Like I'm drinking. One a night? Not even. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I only only drink seven like on Saturdays. One or just right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I only drink like one or two days out of the week. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay. I've, been, I've been behaving. I've been a good boy. That's nice. A good sound That's master, nice. Ryan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Erica, what have you been drinking? Ah. Uh, Oh, I, uh, Jack Sabby. Right. Sorry, I had to really think about that. My brain is just You usually have to think tonight. about that. True. Yeah, that lemongrass True. lager. Right? Yeah, I've, oh, I'm still I do like that one. Yeah, yeah, we went for a hike, and I brought a few of those with me, with us, and uh, it was solid. Yeah. Spot. It was great. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to this episode because we actually are going to be doing a Pink Boots episode with a couple great women from Boston Pink Boots chapter. Yeah. Um, and that episode is going to be released in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, um, and if you want to find out about our upcoming episodes, what are some avenues that our amazing listeners and new listeners can find us about? All of our social medias. That's right. So we're on Brew Roots at everything. And if you want to support us a little bit more, patreon.com forward slash Brew Roots podcast. And you can get some sweet brewery swag, maybe even a t-shirt. Ryan's rocking his t-shirt right now. Uh, I yeah. am not wearing a t-shirt at all. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's what, how Matt rolls. Yeah. No t-shirt, no rules. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, uh, go support us um, because we can continue to get amazing episodes. And um, we have an awesome one lined up for you next week. So... Find out who that is on the outro, and we will catch you then. Take it away, Sunga Ryan! Cheers. Cheers. It's been a while since I've actually come to this brewery, because before I came here, I think it was just pours only when I first started coming a couple of years ago. Uh, was it all the way down the other side? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. all the way down on the other side. And uh, I always seem to grab your beer every couple of months, and I'm never disappointed. I always say, like, why don't I get this more often, <laughs> right? Like I, I, I it's just, I, I, it's a perennial favorite for me to get mm. some Stoneface Brewing beer. Uh, so yeah, I spoiled it for our listeners. Th- yes, that's where th- we th- are. That's where we are. Yep. We're, we're at Stoneface. Uh, it's Newington, right? Newington. Yep. Newington. A lot of people, I'll oh, go to Portsmouth. It's, it's not Portsmouth. It's, yeah. it's Same zip code. It is. Oh, right? yeah. That's it, interesting. Yeah. Weird. It's, huh. it's weird. Are you a village of Portsmouth then? I suppose. 
Because it is Newington Village, so it oh, must have been. I don't okay. think that there's a post office in Newington, so you yeah. have to. Gotcha. Go to Portsmouth gotcha. Get, but get there's it. a mall in Newington. There is a mall. <laughs> this is so. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> there's no mall in Portsmouth. I'm so confused. All right. Well, That's about we'll all there is in Newington. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you guys. <laughs> and you guys. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to uh, talk with you guys. But before we get into what's going on at Stoneface, uh, what's your first memory of beer and the role you have at the brewery? You want to go first? You can go. You can rock paper shit. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to hear this. This is okay. a good question. What's your first memory of beer? First memory of beer? Hmm. I mean, growing up, I, I always, my dad always had a kegerator, as long as I can remember. Uh, and he always had, like, bass or, or Guinness in there. And I remember him making, like, my older brothers drink the foam off the top of his beer <laughs> at, like, parties and stuff. Nice. So that's probably my first memory. It's really funny you said that now. That must have been like a tucked away memory for me, but I remember begging my dad to to drink the foam at the top of the pier. I don't know why. That's a weird thing. (laughs) Yeah, come to find out that's not the best part of the Yeah, no. (laughs) It's like ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) And then, I'm sorry, your role at the beer brewery? Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, uh, Lead brewer. Okay. Cool. Cool. Awesome. I'm Pete. I'm a co-founder at Stoneface and... um, I suppose my earliest memory was non-alcoholic. Actually, that might might not be right. It's probably stealing beer from my buddy's uh, father's fridge and going out camping when we were probably solid fifteen years nice. old. Nice. And <laughs> we might have had two beers between the three of us. Right. And it, it wasn't very good. I remember. <laughs> I, remember I don't think we were, old, we were that old. Um, but as far as like what what sticks out to me the most, the first sort of sip of of that flavor would have been a non-alc beer that my dad's friend had. They were drinking beers one day and I have this one. It's an old duels. And I got, I took like two sips of that and <laughs> that was it. Nice. <laughs> You're sold. Oh, You're- <laughs> it was bad. I mean, it's still, it's still, I still remember that flavor. And whenever I nice. try a non-alc beer, it's like, Oh, that's, that's yeah. not great. But, um, yeah, that's probably the first memory. Mm-hmm. How many years has Stoneface been in existence? So we, Started. We took delivery on our equipment um, the day after Thanksgiving in 2013, and then we sold our first uh, kegs of beer in the market um, the following February. So yeah. it would been 2014. So what's that? Six, seven years almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's just seven, seven years this past year. Yeah. Do you remember who bought your first kegs? Yeah, it was the Gaslight Ooh. downtown Portsmouth. That's so, a great nice, question. Nice. Yeah. That's a good place Gaslight's too. Great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had the um, Winter Brew Fest there. Mm. Um, but they usually have, I don't think they had this year because of COVID, but, um, yeah, they bought the first kegs. We were friends with, um, the bar manager there for a long time and, um, he was excited to pour it for that, for that, uh, that event. So do you remember what beer it was? Was it like an IPA? Well, the original, (laughs) the original beer that we tried to make was, uh, old homebrew recipe that we had for, for an IPA that, um, that was, that tasted great, but, um, when we did the first brews on the brew kit, we didn't hit our temperatures because oh, there no. was a miscalibration. It was your first time, it was the first right? Time, yeah. right. <laughs> and uh, and we missed the temperatures, but it came out fine. It just wasn't an IPA. It was more of a pale ale, so we call okay. it we call it a pale ale. Yeah. And then the second, uh, the man, second, how the roles have reversed. Everyone would have called it an IPA today. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was probably yeah. an IPA. You know, on the edge, it was yeah. just the yeah. alcohol wasn't high enough. Yeah. Um, cool. I always find it interesting uh, when you first opened right seven years ago or you know got equipment delivered it was what red hook it was smutty nose and and pebrew yeah locally yeah um there was and red hook's not even here anymore yeah yeah Yeah. um i think we were i think so so right now there's about 100 breweries or 90 breweries in new hampshire with 10 more in planning something like that and then um i think when we opened we might have been somewhere in the 25 to 30th brewery in the state um, but locally, yeah, there weren't too, too many of us. Um, but that, at that moment, it seemed like that was the start of kind of when everybody mm. got interested and get it and started getting into brewing. Definitely. Brewer, breweries. Yes. And, um, sounds like you're a home brewer before this. Yeah. I started home brewing in college at UNH and, um, that's before they had the, the program, the home brewing Yeah. I was working at a restaurant in Portsmouth and, um, downtown there used to be a, uh, a homebrew shop right across the street from Portsmouth Brewery called Stout Billy's. It's no longer around, but um, I happened to just roll in there one day because I was interested in beer at that time and, and bought a kit, brought it home, 
tried it out, came out pretty good. Um, the next two batches sucked, uh, <laughs> and I kind of put it on put it on the back burner for a little while. And that was this was like summer before my senior year at UNH. Um, we finished school, uh, got a you know a, a regular job, I guess, and um, had enough money to start kind of building a real sort of homebrew kit. And um, 14 years later, you know, we started started this. Wow. <laughs> nice, so, yeah. nice. That's a long time of homebrewing. Yeah. 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 A lot of beer. Yeah. Of beer. Uh, so did you work professionally before you owned Stoneface in a brewery? Or no? Not in the not in the industry. Wow. So I was in software for years um, mm. and, you know, sitting in a cube and that got old. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, this was sort of the next logical step for us. I mean, we, we, we needed to, we needed to, we need real, we, we kind of had this bug to start this business, like, you know, this entrepreneurial bug, bug. Um, and you know, it, it, there was a number of things that just kind of happened to line up, you know, the stars sort of aligned. We had some people that were interested in investing. We had a pretty good business plan. The last thing we needed was, you know, a brand identity. And so, you know, Stoneface is the old man of the mountain is nickname, right? Yeah. So um, we eventually landed on that. We got permission from Stone to use yeah, it. I was going to ask. Oh. I was, yeah. was going to say, like, did Stone try to sue you? Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, they, ha- they didn't. But the, the story is funny because we, you know, we, we came up with the name and, and, and it felt real good. And I can remember originally glossing over the name Stoneface because it, it was going to conflict with Stone, right? Yeah. So I was like, ah, forget it. We'll just come up with something else. And we probably, you know, thought about that for months and months and months. And, um, eventually one of our, one of our friends, and I'm, when I say our, my business partner, Errol, he's, uh, he's, he's the other founder that, that has, that started this with us. Um, we, you know, we had a, another friend, a neighbor who said, why don't, why don't you just go with Stoneface, you know? And, um, I was like, all right, well, I guess we can try. And so we got through to Stone by working with Dave Yarrington at Smutty Nose, because we knew him. Mm. Um, And we knew that he knew Mitch Steele, who who happened to be the head brewer at Stone at the time, who used to be at Anheuser-Busch and Merrimack. So he was a known entity in New Hampshire. Dave knew him. So I called Dave. I said, hey, can you get me in touch with Mitch, who can get me in touch with Greg Cook, who is the owner of Stone? And so I was swapping emails with him, which is kind of cool because it's like he's a he's as big as it gets in beer right. your yeah. world, you know, and I was just a home brewer. So it was really cool. To, cool to swap emails with him. What temperature do you brew? No, I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, um, I want to use your name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, Hey, you know, what if we do this? And he's like, well, as long as you, you know, smash them, smash the two words together. Don't separate them out. Don't make it, you know, look like stone and then with big letters and then face underneath or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we were okay with that. We've been, you know, we've been friends with Greg ever since we see him, you know, once a year at CBC usually nice. cool. out. Nice. so he's, he's a great guy yeah. um, so fortunately we <laughs> fortunately we got permission we didn't get sued yeah. or cease and desist or whatever yeah that's a, well great that's, job that's good because <laughs> I don't know if that would have happened in 2020 but I'm glad I'm yeah. glad it happened for you guys uh, Dan I'm curious where'd you cut your teeth uh, what was the original plan for you uh, so just like Pete like homebrewing uh, actually sorry closer to the mic uh, <laughs> so moving back home from college uh you know, I lived in the middle of nowhere, Maine. So it was like about an hour drive or so to Portland. And that's just too far for a broke kid to go buy beer and spend <laughs> a bunch of money. So I ended up just buying a homebrew kit, real bare bones kettle, uh, like a igloo cooler for a mash done. Yep. And yeah, just made a lot of really, really bad beer and learned a lot from it. Uh, you know, with the internet being what it was when I started, it was such a huge resource that, you know, it just was like a deep dive into just an endless pool of knowledge and other people's experiences, which is, you know, I think the, the greatest part about the internet, like you can not do anything, but still learn so much um, from other people's mistakes. Uh, but then this was actually one of the first uh, interviews I had once I wanted to quit my job at the hotel I was working at. And I talked to Errol for a good hour about hops for my interview and got the job the next day. And I was just pouring tasting room beer it was like the supposed to be the job uh, and then within a couple weeks they were just asking me to package beer and then that's like kind of right when Stoneface was like really taking off like yep. new tanks coming in and you know we had two other hires around that time uh, one of them is still with us Barclay the other one's uh, Woody who now works at Tributary cool um, shout out to Woody and Tributary shout out. Yep. Um, yeah and then it just grew from there you know these guys 
put up with me for five or six years now. <laughs> and so this is my only industry job. Yeah. Wow. So they, they definitely let me grow and mess awesome. up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't yell too much. It's always awesome to hear that, that dream of, you know, home brewer to, to pro, right? Mm-hmm. What's one word of advice to make someone's home brew a little bit better? What is something that you wish you knew when you're home brewing? Temperature, temperature control. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fermentation, temperature control is like, it's three words, I guess. But uh, <laughs> that's what improved my homebrew. As soon as we got, you know, our dedicated refrigerator to hold the beer in when it was fermenting. Yeah. That's when it, when it kind of all clicked for us. Yeah. And just make mistakes and learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't be not, scared from it. Yeah. yeah you're not going to, yeah. you're not going to learn the boundaries unless you try and push them and then pivot and adjust. Yeah. Ryan, cool. you take notes? Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before we get into what beers you're serving here and what was kind of the beer that made the name for you guys, we have a word from our sponsors. So take it away, sound guy, right? Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you, whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers. At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BRUITS for 10% off your online order today. Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. And we're back. All right. Um, so everything's going well. You guys started, but what was kind of the beers that you first started with and what kind of helped make a name for you guys? I mean, I, you know, Stoneface IPA is kind of the, Obvious. definitely the, yep. the one, um, <laughs> you know, what we tried to, what we tried to do, do with that was, um, you know, we had, we had sort of like wheelhouse beers that we always used to like to drink back in those days. So, you know, it was like Union Jack from Firestone Walker and Lagunitas IPA and, um, you know, Heady Topper and, uh, you know, Treehouse was just coming out. So there's a lot of different IPAs that were, you know, kind of on the, on the dartboard, so to speak. And we, we wanted to, we wanted to find a beer that, um, had some sweetness, had a lot of hop aroma, obviously. Um, but wasn't, you know, the New England IPA really wasn't a th- quite a thing in those days. Um, it was just sort of starting to, to become a become a thing. The IBU craze. Yeah, it was more, <laughs> and, but, we, but we knew we didn't. Yeah. And so the IBU craze was yeah. kind of in full swing. Yeah. And we were like, we don't really want that bitterness. We want to find an approachable IPA so that people that, you know, don't necessarily like IPA, if they try this, there's a shot right. that they're going to like yeah. it, right? Because it's a little sweeter. It's not quite as bitter. Um, but it's not a hazy juice bomb like, like uh, you know, a lot of the New England IPAs yeah. are. Um, and we know, you know, that's pr- part of that. Part of that is because, you know, we, we, uh, we distribute quite a bit of beer. So it needs, to, it needs to hold up a little bit more than some of those haze bombs do yep. um, in the market. So that's kind of, you know, where we landed with, with IPA. And so that's about... I don't know what eighty percent of our production. Mm-hmm. Uh, we yeah. send most of it. Um, most of it gets consumed in New Hampshire, so grocery stores and bars and restaurants. Um, some of it goes to Maine. Some of it goes to Massachusetts. And then the balance in distribution is usually beers like Full Clip, which is more of a traditional mm. New England IPA. Um, 
some Berliner Weiss and a few other one-offs that cool. we, we'll send out. Yeah, yeah, but that's the that's definitely the monster for our brewery anyway. For you know, yeah. volume wise. And you brew all that here as well. Yeah, everything yeah. everything gets brewed here. Nice. Um, we do about twelve to thirteen thousand barrels a year. This nice. is what our clip is right now. Yeah. So yeah. I will also throw in the Russian Imperial Stout as being one of the ones that we were known for when I first started. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That one was just you know we just did that here um, as a release. You know, out of the t- out of the taste old tasting room back in yeah. the day, um, yeah, that was well received as well. <laughs> That's for sure, we we like that beer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With having a main flagship that brews eighty percent of you know your your profits or whatever, right? It's eighty percent of what you put out. Um, does that allow you to? you know, get a little bit experimental and do some cool stuff or is it something that, you know, you want to kick, keep to the core brand? Uh, I mean, we definitely made some changes since it first was brewed. I mean, it's been a long time since we've been open and, uh, you know, it's obviously just evolved. Um, never any like, super big changes or anything. So we, you know, obviously want to keep it like very similar to what it was, still drinkable, still, you know, pretty restrained. Uh, uh, you know, hop sort of flavor and aroma, but you know, we bought a three-barrel pilot system three years ago, two years yeah, ago, something like that. Something like that. Um, so, in the midst of just us, you know, busting out and just ripping IPA and full clip, most the majority of the week, you know, everyone in the company honestly has like any beer idea they can make whatever they want, and cool. you know, they bring it to the brewers, and then we kind of you know manipulate it and try and make it work, and then you know. We just, that's our, you know, playground for experimentation. Yeah. And then stuff we, you know, we learn off of that, we'll kind of incorporate into the smaller size batches. So, you know, we have a, a 15 barrel kit and we'll do other 15 barrel batches for like the tasting room or we'll like half batch it and do seven barrel batches. Yep. Um, and we kind of, you know, again, like we use a lot of that, what we learned and combinations and kind of step them up and uh, just kind of try and get something new out as much as possible some especially in the summer it's really hard we definitely fall victim to running a lot of beer through a smaller kit mm-hmm. and just cranking cranking four turns a day so yeah it's not four all fun games yeah. <laughs> no, that's a lot of brewing there's a lot of grinding that happens, yeah that's for yeah sure. it, it but like you know you said 80 percent of our beer 80 percent of our revenue or whatever that definitely does help us afford you know to make expensive mistakes mm-hmm. and experiment, but also, you know, we've got uh, four fooders down there. We've got a big barrel program for sour beers that are all, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, more fun experiments than they are, you know, revenue generators. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it, one of the things that's great about this industry and is that, you know, we, we, ha- we already have a very significant uh, level of curiosity around the stuff, you know, that we make <clears throat> and um, the discovery of something new, you know, and something comes out great. Cause it's, it's it, brewing's funny. Cause you know, it's not like cooking where you're, you know, you're making something and you can taste it and adjust it as you go and then put it on the <laughs> yeah. table, you know, what right, I mean? right. It's gotta be like, it's kind of like sometimes there's happy accidents. Um, anything you ferment and keep, yeah. you know, Dan is, you know, he ferments everything, right? <laughs> you, sourdough, what else? I mean, kombucha, all this stuff that you like to experiment with. And sometimes it comes out great. And that's when you can, tr- you know, you try and look back and say, how do we do yeah, that? Yeah, it's hard how to do, re- do that again. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it is, sometimes it isn't. You know, it all depends on on uh, on what happens. Sometimes it has to do with the ingredients that you get. Sometimes it has to do with a lot of hops that you get. Sometimes it has to do with the barrel you got, you know what I mean? And Or the bugs that you, you know, Just so happen to yeah. accidentally get in there. Yeah, and that's, and that's <laughs> yeah. like, that's the that's the most fun. You know what I mean? Like that's the, that's the part like discovering this stuff and being curious about it and learning. And like Dan said, you know, learning from other people's mistakes that takes you so far and then you got to do it yourself. And, and, you know, being, having sort of that, um, that IPA, uh, foundation helps us to be able to go and do these other things that aren't going to make or break our business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so when you have, let's say, like a bad mistake, is there anything that you can do to fix it? Or is it more just like a, well, this isn't what we're looking for, and you just dump it? <laughs> um, usually, we don't want to mess around, and we will just, just dump it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, there's plenty of opportunities to nail it, and as long as we learn something, we'd we'd rather yeah. just dump it instead yeah. of trying and, like and fool anyone. It's not yeah. a ton of volume, and we send it to a uh, we send it to a, a wastewater treatment plant up in Rochester that actually needs that oh. stuff anyway. They've That's got a cool. huge wastewater treatment plant up there, and yeah. they need some of that um, effluent because you know there isn't as much industry in Rochester anymore. So mm. you know they they take that beer gladly, yeah. and it helps their process. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Never knew that. With so many brewers around, so many beers coming out, um, people know you for Stoneface IPA and Full Clip, right? But what is the beers that people might be surprised that you guys sell at the tap room and that they haven't heard of? I'd say most of the sour beers. Yeah. yeah. All the barrel-aged and fooder sour beers, like, uh, just... Talk about them. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll let you, I'll let you go there. You're baby, <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, it's been a long process, you know, like all those beers, the turnaround time is anywhere from, you know, a year uh, to like 18, 20 months. Yeah. Or yeah. Like oh, yeah. yeah. So we've had them for all, I think we got the first fooder three or four years ago. Nice. My timeline's not great, so <laughs> don't fact check me. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it takes a lot of time and effort and wart allocation and trying to fit it into an otherwise like very busy brewery, trying to, you know, produce the needs of a business uh but yeah it's just i feel like now it's really starting to take off you know we've kind of honed in you know our culture and how it performs where it should land timeline and all that and you know we've started and kind of launched a couple new brands the uh, elixir series which is kind of like a blend of like fruit and herbs and then uh, a repose series which is more like tea oriented and tea ingredients whether it's herbal or actual tea uh and then just a lot of fruited and then different barrel types. You know, we oh. have four fooders, like Pete was saying. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so we basically have like every color base to go along um, just to suit our needs. So we have a golden uh, sour fooder, a red sour fooder, a brown and a dark sour fooder. Um, wow. 15 barrels, 15 barrels, uh, 18, 20 hectoliter, and then a seven barrel one, all respectively. And then, uh, yeah, so we can match those with like barrel types. So, you know, we're doing like bourbon and port for some darker ones and you know browns like rum and just kind of mixing and matching and then fruits to match too so we actually have a, a black currant sour brown that should be out Ooh. some point nice. soon depending on when we can get labels in uh yeah so it's just it's been fun just you know we have too much I actually say too much beer wow. to figure out what to do with. Um, that's not entirely true. <laughs> a lot of ideas, a lot of, a lot of fun stuff just starting to come to surface now. Cool. So, like yeah, I said, they, it's been years. Yeah, and some of the here. elixirs are what, like uh, ginger, uh, ginger pineapple, which is nice. awesome. There's mm -hmm. uh, uh, lime and what's the other one? What's, what's, in the li what's in the lime one? Yeah, we did a cucumber lime cucumber one. Lime, that that's right. we, we Good for the summer. Bunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's like, very yeah. flushing, refreshing. Um, and so, like the wood, you're talking about like the different wood colors. Is that just to help the color of the beer, or does that play any kind of different role in the beer? Um, we're basically just matching like intensities. Okay. So like a darker, gotcha. like a dark base, um, but to kind of hold up better with like a bourbon or a port. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just yep. like a clean barrel aged beer, like a stout. Gotcha. Think like bourbon barrel or something. Yep. And then like the the lighter colors, you know, we did a. I guess it hasn't come out yet, but uh, we did a sour red in the Tomcat gin barrels Ooh. that came out really, really nice. Cool. Nice. And That's then cool. like some like lighter wine type barrels yeah. for like the lighter golden sour. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's so. cool. And then like th those are like the rules, I guess you could say, but we'll <laughs> probably break those. It's like a, it's a long thing. So we're trying to like establish, you know, like core types of barrels to match. Before you start then, messing yeah. around too yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Because like anything, like you got to know the rules before you break them. <laughs> Right. And then we'll dump more beer. It'll yeah. be like, what, <laughs> six more months or so for the first Cool Ship beer we did? Yeah, Ooh, yeah cool probably ship. at least, yeah. And this was like a real like Cool Ship that you guys have here? Yeah, we or... wheeled the Cool Ship out in the parking lot. Nice. One night. <laughs> One That's awesome. Turning into little weathermen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is very difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a house coacher, or how did you guys get your like yeast strain? Or... Yeah, so initially we just started buying from uh, Nick at the East Bay. Uh, who's just been phenomenal. We, we actually use a lot of his uh, brewer's yeast too for a lot of the uh, pilot batch stuff. And uh, well, I think we use East Coast yeast for the base for the darker fooders. Uh, and then I've just grown up bottle dregs of, you know, Canteon 3F and <laughs> a bunch of other stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fooders to kind of give it a little extra oomph, so to speak. Yep. Um, I feel like so that's a lot of 
dregs. It is. It is. And then we, we, we just feed it and grow it. Okay. And then yeah, over yeah. time, it'll hopefully do more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of other stuff in there, too. Right. That's cool. So you mentioned beers that take, you know, 18 months, uh, 24 months, however long. Another beer that takes a long time is lagers. Are you guys doing any lagers, any pilsners? We are. Um, we have like a, I don't know what's it called, like the Friendship Series. I know, Layla would know better <laughs> yeah, what yeah. she wants to call it. Um, but yeah, we did a Vienna lager called Pal. We're doing a, a corn lager called Deuterino. <laughs> Deuterino. <laughs> That's <laughs> such a good name. Uh, and some other ones that we'll probably establish, you know, once we get in the colder months, we'll have some like, we'll probably redo Doppelbach and some other yeah. fun stuff like that. Um, just but, easier to brew those in the colder weather, less energy used, I guess. Just to match the the season. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll cool. do Baltic Porter probably too. Yeah, the yeah. Other thing is tank space, right? I mean, yeah, during the summertime, at, yeah. during the summertime, there's a lot of demand for IPA, so it's hard to tie up a tank for six weeks with a lager. Yeah. When you can turn an IPA in a couple, you know. Right. Um, Trade offs. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. We see a lot of breweries going in the direction though of brewing more lagers. Is that? Industry driven or is that consumer driven? Also like low ABV. Low ABV. Yeah. 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 I think it's brewer driven, honestly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that the, the like breweries, the brewers are yeah. probably, you know, it for 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 us a lot of times it's like, do you want a seven percent IPA in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon? Probably yeah. not. You know, it's it, it's. You a, were gonna say yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> like on a Tuesday afternoon, I guess you know. Yeah. Um, I think that but on a Wednesday, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a big part of it, but um, I don't know. These trends kind of come and go. It's interesting because, like, mm-hmm. you know, there was, if you, you can count on probably two hands uh, the various types of beers that you've seen over the past two or three years that yeah. kind of come and go, right? Like Brewed IPA or... Milkshake IPA is still hanging on. Yeah, my, a lot of those. My, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. And they, they kind of all, it seems like they all kind of come together and, and that's the, that's the thing for a while. And then, yeah. you know, something else pops up. So, I mean, we live in a world where there are so many styles. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think I speak for everyone in the brewery that we all, we all want to drink all of them. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just about a matter of like, you know, figuring out time on the, the brew kit to, to get it in and yeah. slide it right in there. But it's, it's tough. There's, so much to brew in so little time. <laughs> is there anything that you won't brew? Kind of along that vein. And we won't brew. Yeah. Brown ale. Yeah. Oh, really? Why, why is that? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just a joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I was say, that seems so random. A brown ale. <laughs> pumpkin. We okay. We will not ever brew a pumpkin beer. Thank really? you. Just because it's you. just a pain, or you just I over the hype? I <laughs> think that there's enough pumpkin in the world. There's enough pumpkin spice in the world. I mean, yeah, yeah. And the reality is, yeah, and the reality is, it's no pump. There's no pumpkin in that beer. It's just you know, it's either yeah. squash or yeah, it's spice. Yeah, Not like, yeah. It's like I don't know. It's over. I'm over it. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> okay, done. All right. Easy enough. <laughs> I'm curious to f- to find out what you're into then, and you'll find out on the other end of their sponsor bump. So take it away, sound guy, yeah. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. All right, so we're back. We know that Stoneface will never brew a pumpkin beer. No. And, I, and, I, and, I, and you know what? I'm okay with that. But it also is like 80 degrees outside. But you catch me in like October, I might be like... I, I'll have one. I'll have one. I'm sorry, guys. You can judge me. It's, it's fine. fine. No, no judgment yeah. at all. Um, what you want. Yeah, drink what you yeah. want.
Uh, I'm curious, what are you drinking at home, though? And do you bring any of those beers that you're drinking at home into the brewery and be like, yeah, I want to brew something that's similar to this? Not exactly, but similar. Or how do you get your brewing inspiration? Oh, it's on me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a big sour and, and barrel aged guy. So, you know, we got family in uh, Chicago because of my wife. And she, we have her family get us side project. That's, you know, she, her sister lives in St. Louis. So she gets a side project and, you know, keeping together Avery Swanson in Chicago now at Half Acre. So, yeah, we uh, <laughs> kind of have her family doing beer runs for us. Nice. <laughs> um, but in like our immediate area, you know, Oxbow, Algash, of course, um, just phenomenal beers. I think I went to Oxbow less than a year ago and they had something like 20 or some odd different, you know, unique bottles in their cooler, which was just nice. staggering. <laughs> yeah. Getting out of there without spending hundreds of dollars. Right. There. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, really anything, like if it sounds cool, I, I don't know. I drink a lot less IPAs. I'll just drink what we have here, mm-hmm. sadly. <laughs> I don't get out much, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've been, I've got a keg of that Vienna Lager at home that we did, which is not holding up <laughs> as long as I thought it might because it's delicious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great because we've been doing like, I don't know, dep- it depends, like two or three releases a week of mostly IPAs that are new. And so I'll grab those and take those home for the weekend yep. for the most part. Um, I'm trying to think if, you know, from an inspiration perspective, it's always it's always fun to do these kinds of things because it's, it, you know, kind of recharges the batteries a little bit. And you kind of, when... When you're in, inside the walls here, sometimes it can feel like, um, it doesn't feel like it used to when we first started, where it was like a lot of, uh, everybody was kind of in the same bubble. It was kind of like, you know, big, big fans, lots of excitement. Um, and the longer you're kind of in it, the the uh, the novelty starts to wear off a little bit. <laughs> Not to say that that's, you know, it's just normal, right? It's a natural yeah. thing. So, uh, you know, a lot of times we got to go find experiences like that will recharge those batteries right. that are a little bit more absurd than they used to be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like going downtown to visit Peabrew is still a lot of fun or going down to Liar's Bench or Earth Eagle in Portsmouth. We got a lot of great breweries locally. Yeah, you do. Um, and it's always good to see those guys and hang out. But, um, you know, it... Before we started the brewery, you know, you go to Smutty Nose and it was like, oh my God, this, you know, all these people, this is great, blah, 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 you know. And now it's like, well, now we got to go further from home. I mean, we got to <laughs> see, you know, more and more stuff. And um, the last, probably the last most inspirational trip we did was uh, Errol and I went to Australia a couple of years ago to oh, Hop Harvest. Yeah. Cool. We went down with um, a bunch of other brewers, guys from Treehouse, um, Parish. Uh, Topa Topa in California, parishes in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. It's a brewer from, um, I think Serbia or Bos. I don't. I'm not quite sure where the where the Europeans were were from, but that was that was probably the. And I'm still kind of. I still kind of live off that energy right now. Even <laughs> yeah. even if it was two. Even though it was two years ago, it was still uh, still an, an incredible experience being that far away from home and seeing where our hops. A lot. Some of our hops get grown. Um, so those are the kind of things that it's getting to the point where you got to kind of go on those trips to, to seek out that inspiration at this point. Um, you know, CBC is the craft brewers association conferences is another good one. That's in Denver this year. We went, we went to Denver a couple of years ago before COVID all of us. So, um, you know, those, those things are definitely inspiring. That's for sure. Do you find that, um, festivals are helpful at all for like, not necessarily inspiration, I guess, but, um, kind of feeding off of like people coming and trying your beer and getting ideas from that or anything like that it's never it it never gets old when you get a compliment from a customer it's like never gets old it's like the it's such a good feeling um on the other hand you know probably the the most fun at festivals is hanging out with the other brewers and the other folks that you know that we know in the industry um you know, probably just as equally as you know, as as exciting it is to hang out the hang out with the the folks that come and attend the the brew fest. You know, being able to see old friends is always yeah. always awesome, especially when we're so busy we don't get to get out much. You know, <laughs> right. it's nice to at least go to an event that's work and see those guys. Uh, cool. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, my memory is, is not as good. Uh, you guys don't do a ton of collaborations, but you did one with with Tributary with Woody a couple of years ago. 
Uh, yeah, I think it was a few years ago. Yeah, maybe three or four. I don't know. Um, but you were talking about community. Do you guys do a lot of collabs? I mean, I, I just don't see a lot of them. Maybe, but uh, we haven't in the past. Do you want to take this? I mean, we've we did we just did one with Widow, Widowmaker. Yep. Um, oh, yes. We, All those guys. We've, yeah, we've done a few a few interesting ones. I mean, it's not that we're against collaborations. It's just that you know they it it takes some planning and, and yeah. it's time consuming and you know. It, Get it'd be I mean we it'd be great to do more collaborations. Just it's not it's, it 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 needs to be a higher priority I suppose yeah. internally than it, than it is. It has right to be now. like a conscious thing to be like, all right, we're doing collabs yeah. now. Well, no, you know, it's just it's funny. You see a lot of breweries. I mean, we especially see. during COVID, I feel like that was almost like a thing. Yeah, like people were doing collabs doing, all yeah. the time. Yeah, so I mean, it's not anything against you guys or or you know, it's cool. Yeah, the interactive ones that people were doing, I thought were pretty interesting yeah, yeah. Over Skype yeah <laughs> can't make it but we'll talk on the phone yeah yeah yeah, yeah you cool. should do that yeah <laughs> it is always a blast to do them though I mean that's for sure yeah you know, we always we always enjoy enjoy everybody's company when they come and if mm. we get to go go to their breweries or whatever it's, it's awesome yeah we definitely have three more coming up this nice. summer stay tuned for more yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for people who have never been uh, to Stoneface, I want to know like what are some of the things that people can look forward to coming here? Uh, food trucks, you guys serve food on premise, um, dog friendly, kid friendly. What's what's the deal? So we do have a full kitchen. Um, we can't have dogs inside because it's an open kitchen and just not yep. it's not allowed. And in, in uh, well, it depends on what community you live in in New Hampshire whether or not you can have a dog. But um, kids kids are welcome. Um, we have a you know, pretty comfortable space, I think, for, for families and folks to hang out. Um, we don't generally have food food trucks because we do have uh, yeah, a, uh, a kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, there's always usually 12 beers on draft, a few more in the cooler for bottle and can service. Um, you know, it's approachable, uh, reasonable menu from a price perspective. So um, good spot to come. Excellent. I was just asking if Ryan got any questions. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to learn what you guys want to learn more about. It's always a good one, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how to meet deadlines. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too, dude. <laughs> if you find out, let's hang out and yeah, discuss. Right. <laughs> De deadlines answer. for biological processes? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> like the things that just don't, you know. <laughs> I'll take my answer off the air. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, good. No, you go. I don't know. I mean, it's all, it's. <laughs> that was a great answer. Yeah, that, same. that was it. That was easy. Yeah, most easy. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I go on these tangents. I'll, I'll like spend a week or two just kind of in, you know, going down rat holes if it, if it has to do with, you know, a lot of times it has to do with hops. Um, and a lot of times it has to do with yeast, which, are the two things that I'm most interested in in brewing. Um, so I'd say probably at this point in time, um, probably yeast, because that's the, that's the thing that probably holds us up the most is getting, like, like Dan said, you know, meeting deadlines. Well, meeting deadlines could mean like getting a beer to finish before a release date, for example. Yeah. But that's really, a, it's a fool's errand because it's a biological process. You just have to let it go. Ouch. <laughs> do better. Yeah. You're fired. No, it's not, I mean, it's a biological process. What are you supposed to do? You know, you can't make it go faster, right? Sadly true. Without cutting corners or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So kind of going along that vein too, do you guys um, have like a favorite or what do you think is, I guess, the most important thing in beer making? Is it the yeast? Is it the water? Hops, malt? I think it's the, the yeast. people. I think it's <laughs> exactly, yeah. Depends on the style, but yeah, okay. I would say yeast for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or just like high quality ingredients like across across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Can't make a beer off, you know, old or stale ingredients. Can't right, do right. Yeah. Do you um, get local ingredients at all or? Uh, very, very infrequently because okay. the volumes that we do are, the, I mean, there's no way that yeah. local, that local uh, growers could keep up mm -hmm. um, with that level. I mean, I'll, you know, obviously there's a grain belt for a reason in the, <laughs> in the United States. Right, right. Um, but we've done we've done some local hops um, cool. for different styles of beer. Um, a lot of the stuff that's grown locally from a hop perspective isn't quite suitable for that uh, juicy sort of New England IPA right, style. Right, right. But it goes it, it good, great for bittering charges, for example, or mm -hmm. you know other styles of beers that aren't like intensely hoppy, for example. Mm. Cool. Anything that frustrates you in the beer industry? 
plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say pumpkin ale? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah right, right, right. <laughs> I heard someone say deadlines earlier. <laughs> um, consistency, I would say. You know, yep. it's never ever moving target for yeah. sure. Um, I feel like we've done a lot better the you know last few years. You know, anytime you're scaling up a beer from three barrels to sixty barrels, it's it's a Ooh. lot of. It's a big you know, difference. A lot of change. Yep. <laughs> um, a lot of, you know, weird tweaks you got to kind of figure out along the way. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's honestly maybe just frustrating trying to learn so much because there's never ending. There's, there's a never ending amount of stuff to know. Yeah. The um, more you know, the stupider you feel. Oh my God. Like, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? There's always something new to learn. And anybody that says they got all the answers is... <laughs> They're lying. Completely right. <laughs> For one style. And then yeah. there's how many styles. So right. There's always something. And whatever, like, the next, like, what Tom Brady's, like, what's, or he's asked, like, what's your favorite ring? Oh, the next one. It's yeah. like, what, what, do you want, what do you want to learn next? Well, what are we making tomorrow? Learn about that. Yeah. 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 That's a good attitude to have, yeah. I think consistency, though, is, is one of those things that's nearly... It's so hard because we don't blend beers. It's not like we're making Bud Light where there's a panel that says, okay, let's blend this much of this yeah. tank and this much of that tank, and now we got Bud Light when it's consistent or whatever all the way around the world, which is an incredible feat in and of itself, regardless of how you feel about Anheuser-Busch. Right. Um, but being, you know, having trying to do that on a, on a small scale, you know, week to week, year to year, different hop lots, different grain lots, different you know, water sources, different fermentation profiles. Um, you know, a lot of breweries do get a reputation for being inconsistent or being con being very consistent, depending. And, and a lot of it has to, a lot of it boils down to luck or what you get from a raw ingredient perspective, you know. Yeah. Um, but like Dan said, I think we've we've uh, really focused on that quite a bit. IPA is, is super consistent um, everywhere I get it, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, if you were to describe the New Hampshire beer scene, uh, you know, what did you say, 90 to 100 yeah. breweries? Um, what would you describe it as? It's a playground. It's vibrant. It's crazy. Like how many, there's so many, so many breweries popping up. Um, the thing that's interesting is that like we're number, I think from a volume perspective, we might be number two Ooh. behind Smutty Nose, mm -hmm. um, which is funny because Smutty Nose can make, you know, five times more beer than we can. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a big, di big, a big difference, gap between big one gaps, and two, yeah, yeah. between one and two, and then you know between, you know, two and ten, two and yeah, ten, yeah. and then another big gap. So the the cool thing is that there's a lot of really small breweries that are popping up and doing really cool stuff, um, and the fact that New Hampshire isn't very big, and you can go and visit. I mean, you drive from here to Concord, you can visit what ten breweries. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. And anywhere, everywhere you go, if you go point at north, point at south, point at east, point at west, there's breweries yeah. everywhere within a two-hour drive of each other, which is really cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, uh, there's still work to be done. There isn't a brewery <laughs> in every single true, town. True, true. So still working on that. Yeah, plenty, of people, plenty of people with, you know, drinking problems. Yeah. <laughs> plenty of home, there's Hobbies. plenty of home brewers Hobbies, that want exactly. to. You know. <laughs> yeah. I always find this cool. area interesting. Uh, you know, you can go to Portsmouth, you can go and hit five or six breweries within a, you know, 15 mile radius and enjoy all of them. And each brewery has a different offering. Yeah. Uh, so really cool area for our listeners who have not been out this way. Uh, don't overlook the seacoast of New Hampshire because a lot of great breweries, a lot there. of great breweries. Um, and it's honestly, in my opinion, worth a, a stop overnight. If you're on your way to Portland or anything yeah, or, or vice versa, yep. um, on your way back, because, um, you're going to get some really, really great beers in this area and make sure to stop at Stoneface for, uh, or one of your stops. Yeah. Where exactly are you located for those people who want to stop by? So it's 436 Shattuck Way in Newington, um, right in between Portsmouth and Dover on 16. So really easy to get to right off the highway. Yeah, it was actually really easy to get to. Super easy. Yeah. 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 Cool. And uh, social media. Where are you guys located on social media? So we got a Facebook page. We got Twitter. We got Twitter. What? We got Insta. <laughs> we got the Insta. I think, I think we have MySpace. Yeah. Oh, that's our joke. Damn. <laughs> Stole Twitter's it. Twitter's on the way. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter. It's up coming. Yeah. yeah. So, you, you know, you can Google it and find our social media presence. We got At Stoneface sure. everywhere. I think so. I, I don't know what all the hand, I, off the top of my head, I don't know what all stone the, uh, all of them are, but I think it's just Stoneface Brewing. Yeah. Cool. On Instagram. We'll go with that. That yeah. sounds really good. Sounds, yeah. Sounds right. Feels right. Yeah. You'll find it. <laughs> At Stoneface Brewing. There you go. Just Great so job, everyone man. wanted to Great know. Great job. <laughs> I just looked it up. It's fine. Technology. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. 
But uh, yeah, thank you for doing this. And before we go, we have one more question. The last question. The last question. Dun, dun, dun. All right. We always like to end our episodes with what are you most proud of? Long dramatic pause. I know, right? I like Ryan I usually it. puts like uh, Oscar music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Violin, yeah. You know? <laughs> so I have to have an answer match fancy Oscar music. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, everything. I mean, like, I think we're all so proud of everything we do here. You know, we, we definitely don't put out anything we're not proud of. I think that's, you know, why I'm, I, I like to still work here. <laughs> you know, there's, a, there's an emphasis on quality that we all kind of agree on and, it's not always the easiest thing to come to terms on, on dumping a beer, but you know, you know, for me personally, it's it's probably all the sour uh, beers that we've done that are continually cool. going to get better and have gotten better. But those are my babies, so yeah, that's I'm right biased. There. That's right up there. <laughs> cool. I mean, I use the I, I can you, you know the cold, the cliche is how I'm really proud of my team and how great they've Aww. you know grown and uh, <laughs> and been amazing over the past seven years, which is absolutely true. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, you know, the really the beer quality is what I'm most proud of. The fact that we've been able to do this for so long. Um, when we were, you know, seven years ago, if you told me this is where we'd be, I would have said, you're out of your mind. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it, it, the fact that it's kind of taken on a life of its own, um, which is really driven by the folks that work here, not necessarily uh, the founders or the, uh, you know, quote unquote decision makers, but the people that, that, that are here when it's 90 degrees outside and it's 100 degrees in the brew deck, um, you know, when those guys are grinding, it's, it's uh, pretty awesome, um, the fact that they are able to do it uh, sustainably and, and with uh, with the high quality that they, they do is, is uh, probably the thing I'm most proud of, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, Pete and Dan, thank you so much for doing this today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Really. thanks for having us. Got you out of the brew house for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> so. Into the AC. Actually came in early for this. Ah, <laughs> <not bad. laughs> Happy to do it, though. Thank Yay. you. <laughs> uh, so thank you, and uh, I can't wait to enjoy your beer this summer. Right yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Well, we here at Brew Roots know that Ryan hates the outros. Indeed. So we say that 10. literally every week. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Don't recommend. So along with going to try to get 50 breweries in 50 states, which conveniently is our guest next week. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So stay tuned. Yeah. We're trying to get Ryan to like the outros. Yeah. Which is going to be way harder than him liking pastry or stouts. Yeah. And probably like anything else other that's not like a hazy IPA or a Pilsner or lager at these point. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to try. Yeah. Go you. So who's who's our guest next week? Craig from Short Fuse Brewing. That's right. All the way out in Illinois. That's right. I enjoyed On this episode. On a park. Uh, Schiller Park to be exact. Oh. Which, if you listen to our intro next week, I'm sure we'll talk about a time that Ryan did pull-ups at a park. Hell yeah. You'll want to hear this. You're definitely going to want to hear it. Spoiler alert. He was fucking jacked. Oh, yeah. Well, until next week. Cheers. Cheers.